0: Today, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now, today we're delving into the world of platinum group metals. And if we look across the ASX, uh, there's not too many of them. So this is a great opportunity to not only get on top of the company that we're talking to today, but also PGMs as a investment alternative on the ASX. Now, recently, of course, there's been excitement around Galileo's discovery and Chalice is a jewel of mine and we've got Future Metals also pushing towards a PGE project up in the northwest of Western Australia there. But today we're talking to Podium Minerals. The code is POD, last traded at 18 cents for a market cap of just over $60 million. Its project is Parks Reef, which is about 80 kilometers west of Mikathara in the Midwest it's got some scale to it, this one too. Uh, Three million ounces and uh, with a, expir- a justifiable expiration target for uh, just about to, to double that. Now, we all know that PGMs are highly strategic metals, uh, not just in the US, but I think every uh, major economy in the world has it listed on the right hand side of the scale. They're being very strategic for lots of good reasons, which we'll delve into in a moment. So to bring us up to speed with Podium and uh, what the PGM market's up to, we've got Sam Rodder with us today. He's the MD and CEO of Podium. So day, Sam. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Barry. It's, it's good to be part of it and looking forward to talking about uh, Podium Parks Reef Project and and the Australian PGM scene as well. So thanks for having me.
0: So I guess the, uh, I mentioned uh, you've got a large scale one by the looks of it on your hands here. So just give us a bit of a, a feel for what you've got at Parks Reef today.
1: It really is. And and I'm a mining engineer by background, Barry. So my first attraction to the Parks Reef project was, was the size and scale. So we have a 15 kilometre long ore body, which has recently been proven through drill programs over the last couple of years. So Proven resource, 15 kilometres long, currently modelled down to about 100 metres deep along the ore body. And as you mentioned earlier, we've uh, just recently completed an exploration drilling program to extend that model down to 250 metres in depth. So significant size and scale in the Australian market.
0: Just doing some reading on your recent high-grade exploration hits. But uh, I see that there's actually an exploration history that goes way back to the 1970s with some big names, INCO, CRA and others. What is it in this modern era, era that's uh, made Parks Reef stand up for you guys? For Podium, it's
1: always been around the PGMs, but you know, around other parts of uh, the World Range area, which is the part of uh, you know, the top of the Midwest where we operate. There has been extensive exploration around some nickel and chrome laterites. Uh, we've got Fenix Resources operating, you know, a small to medium scale iron ore. So it really is a prospective area of WA which is, which is starting to grow and, and obviously with long-term, West Gold's long-term uh, gold operations nearby. So it's exciting for us. Um, The PGEs situated uh, between, you know, between the Mafix and the Ultra Mafix was what attracted us
0: in in recent years. Because the the PGM market, as we know it, is uh, undergoing a a lot of change. Uh, One, we've got the geopolitical overlay with uh, our Russian friends being big producers and uh, the world sort of, for very good reasons, turning off, if they can, uh, supply from there and looking for alternative sources, which is great for Australia's potential. PGM production, and we've also had uh, uh, price increases for well. If we look at something like rhodium, which uh, fourteen thousand two hundred dollars an ounce at the moment. So just just give investors a feel for where the PGM market is at the moment. What what are the major supply issues? What's the demand looking like? It's a super important uh, discussion
1: point, Barry. As, as you mentioned in the opening, you know, PGM sit on. Pretty much every global critical minerals list, yet the sourcing is 80 plus percent of platinum, palladium, and rhodium and iridium, all coming out of either South Africa, Zimbabwe, or Russia. And Russia have significant volumes of palladium as a byproduct of their predominantly nickel based ore bodies. And the rest of the PGMs significantly held between South Africa, predominantly, and, and Zimbabwe. They've really had the lion's share of the market. You know, I think familiar names such as Anglo Platinum, Impala, Sabanye have really had a you know a, a good stronghold around developing that market. But what we are seeing is whilst we're seeing consistency in supply of PGMs over. Over recent history, we're seeing challenges coming out of South Africa with slightly declining grades. We've seen uh, stated increases in operating costs due to labour, um, due to power supply. We've seen power disruptions. You know, so we've seen some challenges in a huge, a huge share of this global PGM market, and you know. There really is an opportunity globally and particularly for Western Australia and Australia to, to open up this supply chain of, of these critical minerals.
0: Now, looking at um, quite recently, you were presented at an investor forum and um, there was a nice uh, demand uh, chart in there that uh, tells me that uh, catalytic converters account for um, about 40% of platinum use and 83% of palladium use. Now, I'm sure in some investors' minds is saying, well, hang on, we're um, going electric vehicle. What does that mean for demand?
1: Yeah, it, uh, and, 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 and it's a very valid question. I think globally, we want to see ongoing decarbonisation of the world and, and vehicles are one of the key pollutants globally. Um, I think it's worth noting that both platinum and palladium already play a significant part in combustion engine vehicles in heavily reducing those noxious and and carbon gases as well. So PGMs already play a part. Whilst there is a forecast for increasing battery electric vehicles, we also think that there'll be a part to play for hydrogen fuel cell vehicles to help offset some of that uh, potential reduction in platinum and palladium, as well as what we're excited about is also that green hydrogen economy, where currently PGMs play a significant part uh, in the development of PEM electrolysers, which are critical in the uh, chemical processes of, of splitting splitting water into that
0: hydrogen and oxygen particles. Right. So they're actually required to do that splitting, are they? They're a
1: key element in the chemical processes, um, particularly around coating the cathodes and anodes, Barry. So currently the, the PGM metals are highly resilient. So they, they don't corrode easily. They're long lasting and, you know, they're, they're pretty robust metals, Globally, so they are the preferred metals in that chemical process.
0: And of course, people are still buying uh, internal combustion engine cars. I note that uh, there's none in my street and none in my mum's street yet. So, if this change over electric vehicle fleet is going to take uh, well multi decades, I imagine.
1: Yeah, it, it will. And and I mean, there's different forecasts out there. One we. Uh, we chose to communicate from the US you know shows stability in, in engine powered vehicles at least for the next 10 years um, but they're likely to still be around in some form for the next uh, 30 years so you know PGMs are still got a part to play and and pleasingly they also PGMs have multiple uses so there's forecast demand to still be strong even over and above battery electric
0: vehicles. Mm, against the background of a challenged supply.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and, and we spoke about that supply. What I didn't note is, you know, the depth of some of that mining in South Africa is, is very challenging as well. They're operating mines significantly deeper than many parts in the world. So let's uh,
0: focus back on the uh, Parks Reef. Recently, you have, I'll just uh, preface that by saying that Platinum Group Metals as the name suggests, are a group of metals, and you've just added three metals to your uh, potential product mix. So, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, we've,
1: we've got an exciting ore body. So, we we call ourselves uh, a five-element PGM resource plus base metals, and it sadly it sounds complex, but it's it's equally exciting. So. Our five PGM elements, are platinum, palladium, we've recently added rhodium and iridium, which are relatively low volume, but as you alluded to earlier, extremely high value metals. And we also include gold in that five element uh, PGM base. On top of that, Barry, we've also got gold. Uh, base metals, copper, nickel and cobalt present at potentially economic levels uh, within our ore body as well. So up to, you know, up to eight payable metals we're looking to extract through, you know, looking to understand how we'd extract and benefit from in our studies moving forward.
0: And I understand Mother Nature's helped you a bit in terms of mine planning because these the PGMs occur in one horizon. You've got the then you've got a, a base metals horizon as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we do. I think what stands us apart from uh, particularly the South African ore bodies is, you know, our, our ore body on average is about fifteen meters in in width, and it also starts near surface, is fairly vertical, running down to at least five hundred meters depth. But that fifteen meter ore body width is is significant. It does host. Uh, a few meters of higher base metals. It hosts a few meters of higher grade platinum, and palladium, and we're also starting to understand within the ore body where our higher uh, our higher proportions of rhodium and iridium sit. So it's giving us a lot of opportunity to understand. Uh, how we could mine it and how we could optimise uh, the mining extraction of that moving forward.
0: So, what can be said at this stage about mine planning? Uh,
1: it's it's conceptual at this at this stage. So we haven't uh, we haven't released a scoping study or PFS yet to the market. We're planning uh, internally to work towards that over the next twelve to eighteen months, uh, which we're excited by. We have enough inferred resource and enough data to do some conceptual mining and to do some early geological modeling to help us to help guide us moving forward Barry and and I think that's the exciting thing for us is it's still in that project evaluation space and we can really understand where to hone in our next activities and and where we need to extract maximum value during the study
0: period. So the next uh, mineral resource estimate, when is that likely?
1: That's likely to hit in October. So we've completed the drilling associated with that uh, exploration target we stated earlier this year, and we've received a large amount of the assays. Now, we've had some delays in assays similar to many many, uh, miners and explorers in the last few months. But we're, we're expecting to see the last of our assays throughout September and release an
0: updated resource in October, which we're very excited about. Uh, unusual question, I guess. Are you at critical mass now for a project, or do you need to hit some of that exploration target uh, to create critical mass?
1: The exploration target will be important. You know, we, we have a view that uh, total ore body size in, in the Australian PGM market is important us having our existing 3 million ounces of PGMs is a great starter. Us being able to add somewhere in the range of that expiration target which is ranging from 2.7 to 3.8 million ounces in addition is would give us that starting size and we also drilled 3 holes at the end of last year and early this year down to 500 metres which also hit uh, the PGM reef across the, uh, across the strike. So we're building confidence that we really have potential for significant size uh, to, you know, to enable us to move forward with a with project studies.
0: And obviously, as you've been uh, cracking away there, your understanding's increased because I see you're starting to uh, zone in on some high 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 grade areas. So
1: size is important. We think high grades important as well. It it gives us options to. Uh, to start the mine in different areas, either higher grade or greater width of the ore body for total ounces uh, potentially produced. It also allows us to trial different uh, processing and metallurgy work across different zones of our ore body. So uh, the more information we get, the more options we've, we've got around understanding how to extract maximum
0: value moving forward. Which leads us into the obvious question when it comes to PGMs, So. How advanced are you with uh, network?
1: Um, it is a great question, and, and it's one which we get regularly in this, uh, in this market because Australia hasn't had a producing PGM operation, so there are unknowns around what is the final product of PGMs and, and who is it marketed to. We've done some metallurgical cider work around uh, developing a PGM sulphide concentrate. And we're we're happy with our initial results and recoveries on that. And we've previously communicated that a couple of years ago, Barry. But also we've done some uh, leach test work, uh, which we're looking forward to getting results, which would allow us to produce or work towards producing a high-grade PGM product uh, with a view of being able to sell direct into refineries and bypass a PGM smelter. So that's our preferred view at this stage and we're expecting to get some of those results in the next month or so as well. So it's a it really is a watches space because we're excited about providing a different lens
0: and view around processing PGMs globally. Just yesterday the gold stock, Degrave, released their PFS and because of their location very close to Port Hedland, they were talking about uh, it's a billion-dollar project. But they said they're probably saving $200 million because of nearby infrastructure. Now, you're between Q and uh, Mikathara. I was just wondering what the infrastructure is like for a future potential development.
1: So, for us, all of our roads are established. We've got state-based asphalt bitumen roads right through to Geraldton and through to port facilities there. I, I think power, you know, one of our key areas. We are... Uh, we're well, within about a hundred kilometres of gas pipelines. We would need to look at what network power looks like. We do; it does appear as though we've got sufficient groundwater to support us, and our baseline and our baseline uh, environmental studies are coming back indicating relatively low risk compared to peers as well. So, our location is great for many things. But there's there's still some opportunities, particularly around that power element, to identify our mix of both renewables and fixed power solutions in the next few years. Well,
0: I dare say, like most uh, projects that are hot on the horizon nowadays, you'd be looking at green solutions, uh, You know,
1: absolutely, and 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 that's important for us. You know, we we think PGMs play an important future facing. Uh, uh, role in, in the decarbonisation. So it's going to be important for us to strongly consider what our ESG position is, both corporately, but more importantly, from a project perspective, uh, as we go through studies and, and our uh, power solutions moving forward. So it's a very pertinent topic.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one that's growing in importance too, because it does provide an infrastructure Potentially infrastructure solutions, which might not have been there before. For instance, a hundred kilometre power line uh, would buy a lot of a big solar farm. I imagine
1: exactly. And and we've we've had the opportunity to to really start evaluating what our our mix of power solutions. I think what we're seeing with existing operators in WA and Australia, and future operators in WA and Australia, is the solutions likely to be a mix of renewables and baseload and potentially battery backup. So we'll absolutely be evaluating
0: those options. From a sustainability and from a cost perspective. It's been quite a dramatic change there, I think. <clears throat> okay. And how do you get uh, your relationship with the traditional owners? Do you have a native title agreement?
1: We do. So, uh, you know, Podium's podiums in a great position where we've already got granted mining leases. And, and to your point earlier, we've got existing native title agreements. So... Um, that's been in place for a couple of years now and we've got a, a great working relationship with our traditional owners and we continue to work with them uh, with some of our exploration activities moving forward so important part of where we are and who we are and and making sure that they you know they continue to to share in whatever success we bring to Parks Reef and and to the Midwest.
0: Now, uh, platinum's trading around US 880, palladium US uh, 2043. Can't let you go without telling me why rhodium is 14,200.
1: It's a volume game. So the the
0: annual supply of rhodium is
1: circa less than a million ounces uh, globally. There's not a single rhodium mine in the world, it's always a byproduct of PGM. So it, it truly is a rare metal, Barry, you know, less and, you know, that's less than 30 tons globally produced. It's also it also has those chemical properties and resilience which no other PGMs have. And it can't easily be substituted in any of its, uh, any of its um, uses which is glass cutting, uh, auto catalysts. It can't be replaced easily. Replaced in any of the electrolysis work either without losing performance. So I think you know the market. The market which demands performance also needs to pay for the best material out there. And at this stage, rhodium ticks a lot of those boxes.
0: So Sam, give us uh, investors a feel for what the news flow will look like in the next 6 to 12 months.
1: We've got some exciting times moving forward. You know, at the moment we've got 3 million ounces of our 5E PGM resource. Uh, in October we'll upgrade that resource we think significantly from a size perspective. We still need to do the modeling, but you know, we're we're looking we're looking to see a significant upgrade in our resource in October. We're also looking forward to bringing to the market some of our metallurgical results. It'll be within the fourth quartile over this year, um, which we're excited about because it really gives us a pathway a pathway to market. And the other key ones will really focus internally and we've got the skills internally to to use use these inputs to help guide us around where our starter mines could be for further scoping studies and and really to inform where our infield drilling and growth drilling will come from moving forward. So you know, it is, it's MET results, it's early study work and it's a significant resource upgrade in the near term. So it's it's pretty exciting for us.
0: So there we go, folks. An interesting story in the PGM space uh, against a back... Backdrop of a challenge uh, supply chain, Uh, not only investors watching this one, uh, governments around the world, world are, as WA, as it has done in lithium, rises to the challenge of supplying the world with strategic metals. So Sam, best of luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Well done.
1: Thanks. Thanks for that, Barry, and thanks all. Cheers.